When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Welcome to the Friday edition of Talking Real Money. I'm Don McDonald here to do my duty to all of you, and that is to answer the questions that you've been sending in to us at either 855-935-TALK, which is our 24-7 phone number, or you recorded them by going to TalkingRealMoney.com, clicking on the contact form, and then speaking into your computer microphone. So we have a few of each. And the uh, I'm I I don't even know what all the topics are yet. I take them as I get them. So we're going to get started right now. This one is a call from talkingrealmoney.com. Hi, I have um, capital gains from trading options, and at the end of each month, I withdraw half of those gains, and I want to put them into a savings account. I already have a savings account with my bank that I use for other things. And so I wanted to get your guys' opinion on where would be a good place to put it, whether it's a separate high interest savings account or some type of low risk investment account. Um, obviously, I don't want this money really to fluctuate much because I'll need it for taxes at the end of the year. So just wanted to get your opinion on that. Thanks. Well, talk about heading off into a completely different direction. You go from options trading, at least you're taking profits off the table. I commend you for that. I think option trading is one of the scariest things uh, on Wall Street or whatever street. It's truly no different than gambling, but that's up to you. As far as safety goes, if this is money that's going to be needed to pay taxes, then I wouldn't take any risk with it whatsoever. I would absolutely go with a high-yielding savings account. You can find seven-tenths of a percent, roughly, which is better than making nothing. I mean, after inflation, of course, you're still negative. But better than making nothing and better than taking the risk that you could be down three, four, five percent at the end of the year, which is possible with anything else except a, uh, a government-insured vehicle for a particular term. So I would go with the with the savings accounts. Maybe a very short CD, but you're not going to get much more there. So go with a high-yield savings account. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Again, the number is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And uh, let's see. Yeah, this is also from TalkingRealMoney.com. Hey, guys. Love the show. I've learned a lot in the short time I've been listening. I have a question for you about small-cap value funds. I hear you guys talking a lot about Venice's AVUV and how much you like it. So I thought, hey, I'd like to get some of that. Uh, when I looked it up, I noticed it's actively managed and it's 0.25, which I thought you guys don't like actively managed funds or funds that charge a lot more. I'm currently with Vanguard and have VBR, which is 0.07. So 
you guys think it's that great of a fund that it's worth it? Um, if do you think it's that great of a fund that you would choose it over Vanguard if you were them? I also noticed that Paul Merriman recommends VIOV and thought I'd ask since I asked him what you thought of that fund why he would choose it over VBR in your what your guess would be. All right. Thank you, guys. This is a constant source of both confusion and a little bit of consternation. I, I, I still, I still, in my heart of hearts, consider both dimensional funds and Avantis funds, and Avantis is basically the same philosophy as dimensional. Uh, it was founded by the former CEO of dimensional as a separate company that follows the same kind of scientific research. Uh, we're going to have to come up with new terminology to differentiate because what we define as active management is stock picking. That is trying to pick the best companies to own in a future scenario, which may or may not be true. Both DFA and Avantis, with the AVUV, the, the small cap value, they set parameters. It's an evidence-based, oh, rules-based. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. It's an evidence-based, rules-based approach to investing that takes a number of factors, and that's what they were called. That's what they are called. They're called factors or dimensions of return, as dimensional refers to them these factors that have shown over decades to have provided slightly higher return. It doesn't matter what the fundamentals of the company are. They don't matter. What matters are meeting these certain criteria. Is it a value stock? Is it a small company stock? Does it meet the, the profitability screens? Uh, in some cases, momentum is taken into account, but it still isn't an active stock picking fund. So we may need to refer to them as, I call them, actively passive or passively active because they follow rules like an index does, but they don't slavishly follow the index. And it's really fascinating to look. Uh, I know that Avantis hasn't been around for very long, but to look at their performance compared with um, either the, the Vanguard small cap value or the Vanguard uh, 600 small cap, the one that Paul recommends. And that is the fact that Avantis has done two interesting things, but the numbers are too short to really put any stock in them, so to speak. Uh, but it's really interesting. They had a better 2021 and they've lost less in 2022. I don't know that that means anything, but we do believe, Tom and I both believe in the philosophy of this academically this academically vetted, uh, well-researched approach to investing. It's different than indexes. Indexes are fine. They really are. These have the slightest potential to add a little bit of an extra return, which makes them worth the extra one-tenth to 15 basis points. Thanks so much. We appreciate you. And the number again is 855 855- 935 talk and uh this one is a call let's take that hi this is anita and my dad is recently going to be giving me a hundred thousand dollars and i don't want to be taxed the 30 percent 
what should I do with it? I am 65, and I have a 401 with 289000 in it. I would love to retire in a couple of years, so I don't need the money right now, but I will need it when I retire. Please help. Thank you. Well, there's some good news, Anita. This is a gift from your father. This is not... Um, it's not going to be subject to any kind of a tax. You don't have to pay taxes on this. This is a gift. And uh, to the extent that it exceeds the annual gift tax exemption, doesn't really matter because he can deduct that from his lifetime multi-million dollar estate exemption. So you shouldn't have to pay any tax on this at all. Now, as for how to invest it, impossible, literally impossible with the information given to tell you. There's no way. We don't just say this is the best investment for a person. We don't even say this is the ve- the best investment for a person in a particular situation because everything has to be. This is where we differ from the stockbrokers of America. They'll just say, oh, yeah, you know what's hot right now? You should get into gold. You should get into oil and gas. You should get into consumer durables. You should get into whatever this is. They claim to know something they can't possibly know, and then they're just going to tell you what they think is going to be hot. Uh, you need this money. You have use for this money, important uses for this money that you can't just invest on a whim. This is where people need advisors. This is where advisors are so valuable. And this is why, and I know this is going to sound like a pitch to everybody, but it's really not. Um, This is why Tom and I a long time ago decided to allow anybody to call us and get help for free. We'll set up an appointment with you and we'll help you for free without a sales pitch. Seriously. Thousands of people now have done it and we haven't pitched any of them. Of course, if people want to become clients, we'd love to have you if you, you know, but we're not going to push you to do it. We don't need to. So if you want to set up an appointment, Anita, go to vestry.com and please spend some time with one of our advisors so they can figure you and your needs out before we suggest what you do with your money. They also have to know what's in your 401k, how that's uh, invested, and there's just so much that goes into these kind of decisions. It's not a snap answer. Thanks for calling. Once again, our phone number is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255, and you can call that number 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And um, this is a call from the same number, 855-935-TALK. Hi, guys. This is Dave from Salem. So I'm listening to your podcast, uh, More Annuity Arguments. have no idea when you put that out. Uh, but I agree with you totally on everything you said about annuities. However, what I did is I took an annuity out 20 years ago. And, of course, the company that I took it out no longer offers this annuity, of course. But the one I have pays 4% guaranteed, and it has paid 4% forever. And uh, the the reason that I took it out, when I first took it out, I only put $100, $200 a year into it. So all the expenses were done many, many, many years ago. Then when I got seriously serious about putting money in there, there's now about uh, 650000 in the annuity at this point. 
uh, by the way, I'm 76 years old, and um, and so I don't need the money. the The reason that I've kept the annuity all of this all these years is that I want to pass it on, not necessarily to my kids, but to their kids. And with an IRA and 401ks and all of that, there's the minimum distributions and when you pass on a, uh, an, a an IRA, the, the beneficiary has to take it out within 10 years, and, and that could put them in a very high tax bracket if they had to take out uh, a, a six hundred thousand or a million dollars over a one-year period. Would bring over a 10-year period. Excuse me, bring their tax bracket way up. So the advantage of this annuity is I can pass it along, and there isn't an advantage or isn't a requirement that they take the money out in 10 years. So can you tell me what the flaw is in my argument by passing, by keeping this uh, like a million dollars in this annuity and passing it along to my great-grandkids so that they would have that money rather than have to worry about taxes like I would in the stock market and minimum distributions like I would with a regular IRA. So uh, can you give me some ideas on, on that aspect of an annuity? Anyway, love your show. Thank you very much. Have a great afternoon. Bye-bye. That is a, uh, that's a very lucrative annuity, and you're right. You would never get anything like that again. Um, I would have to look at the annuity contract to tell you about what kind of benefit passes on to your heirs yes you can certainly pass it on to your heirs but bear in mind that there's no free lunch coming out of an annuity it's not going to be a whole lot better for them than an inherited ira except for the fact that part of the money the money you originally put in i'm assuming this is a non-qualified annuity the money you originally put in will not be taxed that portion of it that you originally put in however the stuff that comes out, that's going to be taxed. So you want to look at your contract very carefully, but I don't know that there's any way around that. The government giveth tax deferral. The government taketh back in future taxes. And there is the only thing that I'm aware of that transfers without a tax liability is a, an unrealized capital gain that steps up. But other than that, there's going to be some tax implications for your uh, your young heirs. I mean, it's a nice thing to do. I think it's great. But you're not escaping taxation. Nobody's going to escape that. Nobody, except on capital gains. And there may come a day when you don't even escape that. But bear in mind, I think we worry way too much about what somebody else's tax problem is going to be. We're talking about free money. So would you rather get $100,000 and have to pay the government $25,000? Or would you rather get nothing? Um, Let's see. I'm thinking I'll take the 75 after taxes. Thanks so much for the call. Again, the number 855-935-TALK, or you can send questions in at TalkingRealMoney.com, as this person did. Hi, Tom and Don. 
I recently looked over our portfolio, and 50% of it was in bonds, ticker SCHZ. This morning, we put an order in to sell. Could you give me some advice as to what value funds we could replace this bond fund with? Thank you for all that you offer in this podcast. I really enjoy it. Thank you. And thank you for listening to it and commenting on it and asking a question. However, once again, I don't think I have enough information uh, because you said you suddenly realized you had 50% of your portfolio in bonds and you sold your bonds. I guess my question would be, did you sell all your bonds? And if you did, why? I don't want you to have a 100% equity portfolio. I don't want that. If you sold your bonds because your bonds have been down, you made a big mistake. You really did. And if you're buying into value because value's been up, you're making another mistake. You're playing a market timing game. You really need, again, as I said to that previous listener, you got to get some guidance. You've got to have a plan. You've got to know why you're doing what you're doing. You should have a certain portion of your portfolio in bonds, and that Schwab fund, the aggregate bond fund, is a good one. It's like the Vanguard Bond Market Index Fund, BND. It's a very good product. It's low fees. It's a conservative portfolio. It has a place in a portfolio. Bonds have a place in every... I have bonds in my portfolio. Yes, they've gone down. And I'm somebody who can take a lot of risk. You need bonds in your portfolio. Then the rest of the portfolio has to be properly balanced between big company stocks and small company stocks and a uh, you know, little less growth, a little more value, maybe some emerging markets. But that's a process of building diversification, not picking the best thing at the best times. Again, I would I would uh, suggest setting up an appointment with one of our advisors. I know it sounds like a cop-out, but it's not. I just don't have enough information. Uh, go to vestry.com, set up an appointment, or give us a call on Saturday. Oh, that's the other thing. If you just want to discuss this stuff so we can ask questions and talk back and forth and answer some of these questions that we need to have answered before we can say things, uh, call on Saturdays between 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern Time at the same number, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And we, we can have a conversation because we're doing a radio show live that becomes a podcast next week. Okay? Now let's go to another question that came in from TalkingRealMoney.com. Hello to you both. This is Peter from London, England. I've been in contact before a few years ago. And I want to tell you a little story, not very long. I was recently, um, just um, yesterday, decommissioning an old computer which I'd left in, in the spare bedroom. I needed the space, so I looked on it and I found an old podcast of yours from the early 2000s, from, in fact, from Investor Radio Days. Now, you and Tom have done some very fine podcasts. This, however, was not one of them. It is what I would call a hodgepodge podcast. A little bit of everything was in it. Anyway, um, the real reason I'm in touch with you is that um, I would like to send you a spreadsheet of my 
um, approximate financial situation now in retirement. I retired about two years ago. I'd be very grateful if you could evaluate it for me and get back in touch. As I say, I've sent the email. And, and I'd just like to add, I very much enjoy the show. It's been very beneficial to me and countless others. And I really appreciate the dedication and the work you put into these podcasts. And I wish you all the best for the future. Goodbye. Oh, gosh, Peter, so good to hear from you. You make me want to break out in an English accent, which I will refrain from doing. (laughs) I can't vouch for Investor Radio. I hardly remember Investor Radio. As you said, it was from a long time ago. It came right after the old Don McDonald show. And, um, I, you, you, hey, it's been a constant process of tinkering and changing and improving. And, yeah, I know we did a few of them that were just like topic after topic after topic after topic. And they were tiring. <laughs> they were just tiring. And, and they weren't that good. You notice we haven't brought back the Investor Radio podcast for anybody. We're going to just let those go. Thanks. Um, as for your note, Peter, yes, that did, that, that Vestry got the note. Uh, Tom looked it over and he has responded to you via email. So hopefully that will help. I know it won't help much and I apologize, but we have a global investing dilemma. Every nation on this planet has a distinctive investment system. Canada's is different. Oh my gosh. I could never, I could never wrap my head around all the little things that they have in Canada. I've tried great Britain. Holy cow. You've got some totally different stuff and you got some wacky funds and you got some ridiculous, ridiculously high fees. Uh, People are, people are overcharging like they did in the U S about 20 or 30 years ago. Now, maybe even 10 years ago. Well, still some today. Uh, I've looked at Australia's. I've looked at New Zealand. I just, I, I don't even go to the continent because I don't speak any other languages. But uh, we can't help a lot overseas, and I feel badly about that. But we don't even have access to the great resources. For example, we use Morningstar to look at U.S. mutual funds, ETFs, etc. But we can't get the U.K. version of it It's as part of our subscription. So we can't help you as much. I'm sorry. I feel terrible about that, but I'm glad you listen, Peter, and throw that old investor radio thing away and just keep listening to talking real money. We don't promise to get it right, but we're trying, and we're always trying to improve and evolve until we can no longer do so and have to uh, give this up and let somebody else try to help you with money. Thank you all for being there. We're going to end this lovely little podcast right about here. And uh, again, live show tomorrow at... uh, 855-935-TALK between 3 and 5 Eastern. You can call during those hours and we will actually converse. Also, if you would like to be a part of our new Retire Meet coming up in May, go to retiremeet.com and sign up. It's free if you attend the virtual version. It costs a little money if you show up in Bellevue, Washington. All right, I'm going now. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Spread it on social media. Spread the podcast, not it. And uh, I'm Don McDonald. Just every day, practically, talking real money. 
you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial product or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. As you keep the lawyers happy.